circle, yes, we rotate 360 degrees, high, high, 360 degrees, high, high, 306, 306, 360 degrees, high, high, All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Full Circle, your weekly cultural affairs radio magazine produced by members and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, broadcasting from KPFA in Huchin, occupied Ohlone Territory, also known to settlers as Berkeley, California. And this week on Full Circle, we will be taking a look at Bioneers 2023. The three-day event is coming to downtown Berkeley next week, April 6th, 7th, and 8th. And on tonight's show, we'll speak with three organizers of the three-day event. First up, my co-host Joy Moore will speak with Marissa Lamagna of Bay Area Green Tours and J.P. Arbany. He's the senior producer of Bioneers 2023. And in the second half of the show, I, myself, Freewell and Franklin, will speak with Kara Romero. She is organizing the Indigeneity Forum, a series of panel discussions, films, and much more, all from a native or indigenous perspective. That's tonight on Full Circle. I am your host tonight, Freewell and Franklin, along with Joy Moore. I'm coming to you from downtown Antioch. This is Bay Miwok Territory. Keep it locked right here to KPFA. Yes, again, welcome to Full Circle, the weekly show produced by apprentices and graduates of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. My name is Freewell and Franklin. I'm a graduate of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program, and I will be one of your hosts tonight. And next week, April 6th, 7th, and 8th, we can also throw in April 5th in there. The Bioneers Conference is coming to downtown Berkeley. Bioneers is a nonprofit that acts as a fertile hub of social and scientific innovators with practical and visionary solutions for the world's most pressing environmental and social challenges, including many indigenous voices, as we will hear in the second half of the show. So for some more information about Bioneers, what it's all about, and what you can expect if you go. I'm going to throw it over to my co-host, Joy Moore, and her special guest, Marissa Lamagna and J.P. Arbany. All right, welcome. I'm Joy Moore, your co-host tonight, and we're in conversation with two wonderful people who are joining us to talk about the upcoming 34th Annual Bioneers Conference, which is going to happen right here in Berkeley, also known as Huchin Occupied Ohlone Territory, April 6th through 8th. And I'm excited to be joined by our guest, J.P. Arbany, senior producer of this year's Bioneers and a good friend and former guest, Marissa Lamagna, founder and director of Bay Area Green Tours, which is conducting a tour um, pre-conference at the Bioneers. So welcome, folks. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's really our pleasure, Joy. Thank you so much for all the good work you do. <laughs> yes. Um, so Bioneers is coming up. I've been there in the past, a few years ago. Haven't been in a while. 
but I'm so excited that it's here in Berkeley at the Brower Center. Let's start with you, JP. You're the senior producer of this year's Bioneers. Tell us about Bioneers. What is it? So um, just one quick correction. It's not, it's not just being held at the Brower Center. It's being held in quite a few venues um, around, you know, within a three-block radius. And the morning keynotes are being held at the Zellerbach Auditorium on the campus. And then a variety of things are happening in the afternoons, including at the Brower Center, but including Freight and Salvage and a couple of hotels. So it's going to be kind of distributed within a three-block radius um, of Alston Way. But anyway, um, to answer your question, Joy, Bioneers is basically a nonprofit organization that, as you mentioned, was started 34 years ago. Um, it was the vision of a guy named Kenny Ausubel, who is still our you know, founder and executive director uh, and president of the, of the board, and his wife, Nina Simon, who are still the couple who are basically running the show. You know, it began um, when Kenny sort of was deeply inspired by a lot of people who were working in a couple of areas. One was bioremediation, the, the purification of uh, water and land using biological means, and the other was diversity gardening. He was very, he and Nina were very influenced by a guy named Gabriel Howarth, who was sort of a genius botanist and, and farmer and, uh, and gardener. Um, and he was doing some amazing work uh, resuscitating indigenous agricultural um, practices in the Southwest. So um, Kenny just started realizing that there were a lot of people doing amazing work to help nature heal and to help solve a lot of humanity's problems. But a lot of these people didn't know about each other's work, you know, and weren't widely known by the general public. So he had this idea to sort of create a forum, a place where a lot of these different people could come and compare notes and share their work. And it started the first few years in Santa Fe in about 1990, 91, 92. It kind of grew and grew. And we moved it to the Bay Area um, at a bunch of different sites in San Francisco for the first few years, including the Palace of Fine Arts and the Presidio. And, and finally, we moved it to Marin for about, I don't know, 20, 25 years, a long stretch at the Marin Civic Center until 2019. And then, of course, you know, the COVID situation arose and we had to do the conference virtually for a couple of years. And now we have found um, what we hope will be a, a new home in Berkeley. It's been a really great experience. We've never had the red carpet rolled out for us as, as much as in uh, Berkeley with the, the mayor's office, the downtown Berkeley Associ Association. Marissa has really been helpful with a lot of connections. It, it's been really a pleasure um, and a joy. So it's, we're really excited. And we've been trying to partner with a lot of the local East Bay organizations who are helping us and help spread the word about it. So we're quite excited about it. I'm excited too. I have to tell you, I did attend the conference in Marin a couple of years, but my biggest problem with it was the transportation. I had to rely on someone else because I'm not a car driver. And also I think Berkeley is the best city in California anyway. So I'm glad it's here. Um, I'm sure you're totally objective about your, your view of what the best city in California is. Um, but um, yeah, so I mean, just also to clarify another thing about Bioneers is Bioneers has really grown and it's an incredibly diverse event that covers a lot of territory, you know, from 
a lot about climate activism, a lot of social justice issues. We've always felt that human rights and social justice and the environmental issues were completely equal in importance and completely interdependent, that you can't heal the planet without also addressing injustice and exploitation. So, um, so there's a whole lot of, you know, and also a lot of, you know, mind, body, spirit aspects, because we also feel that you can't address external problems and unless you also address some of the underlying psychological, you know, trauma and a lot of the sort of um, story of Western civilization that puts us at the sort of, um, you know, the conductor of nature instead of just one part of the symphony. And so there's a whole lot of material at Bioneers, everything from, or, you know, organic farming and gardening or regenerative agriculture, as it's being called more and more, to, you know, clean energy, to social justice, to, you know, green burials. We have a whole lot. And I really encourage people to look at the website because you'll find a really enormous diversity of programming with a lot of really incredible speakers um, and, you know, in sessions and films. And it's a very broad and diverse and exciting and inspiring event. So I encourage everyone to come. Excellent. I'm coming. I think that's exciting. Can you um, give us a few highlights of, of some of the things that are going to go on there? Well, it's kind of hard in the sense that there's so much, but in terms of some of the main speakers, you know, we're very excited to have, you know, folks as diverse as Rebecca Solnit, who's a really well-known, you know, writer on, um, on climate and feminism. And I think the greatest science fiction writer of our, of our era, Kim Stanley Robinson, who wrote a book a few years ago called Ministry for the Future that got an enormous amount of coverage. Um, and, you know, we always have a lot of indigenous speakers because we've always felt that indigenous worldviews are really um, central and fundamental because they're really such a great model of how humanity can relearn to fit into the web of life instead of destroying it. So that's always a really important component. John Powell of the Othering and Belonging Institute is one of our great allies and a very wise, wise presence. And Joanna Macy is making a special appearance. She's 92 or 93 now, and she's such a revered figure. We have some great stuff on whale intelligence with some uh, a young uh, marine biologist doing extraordinary work with the following pods of whales and how they communicate. There's all kinds of exciting stuff. I just, you know, I could sit here for an hour and I wouldn't be able to get through it all. So. No, you couldn't sit here for an hour. We don't have that much time. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This sounds so great. And so there were, there are plenaries or um, workshops, sessions? Yeah, the way it works is that there's a, a keynote sessions in the morning. So everybody's in the main hall at the Zellerback. And, you know, and we have speakers and music and poetry, the Destiny Arts performance troupe from Oakland oh, comes yes. every year and they're really great. And um, so that's in the mornings till about 1245 or so. Then we're going to break up and everything's going to move off campus to downtown Berkeley. And then we'll resume again with sessions, two waves of sessions from three to 415 and then 445 to six um, at a variety of sites. As I said, it'll include the residence in hotel, freight and salvage, the Brower Center. We're even going to have some tents set up on Alston Way where people can hang out and 
Um, we're going to close it to traffic. We got a permit from the city to do that. Wow. So, um, I told you, Berkeley's yeah. really on it. I'm so happy this is happening here. Being my hometown, I love it. We just have to pray that you won't get an atmospheric river to uh, uh, moisten the proceedings. Let's, we have to pray for good weather. But We like will pray, absolutely. But you know what I do? The, I take what the universe gives me. <laughs> but but it, it can't rain the day of the tour. We're outside all day. Oh, okay. That's Marissa Lamagna. That's my friend. And um, she's going to join the conversation. I was just going to ask uh, JP one more thing. I know there's a um, a tour, and we're going to talk about that with Marissa in a second, but in, are there any other pre-conference things going on? Well, there's another tour, uh, which we're really excited about, which is um, a company called Ethnic Ties, based in Oakland, um, run by this wonderful woman, Acacia Woods. And um, that's going to be sort of a tour of the activist history of the East Bay, including the Black Panther Party and as some of the uh, you know early indigenous sites. And that's also going to be the day before. So um, Marissa's you know, wonderful tour and, and the Ethnic Ties tours are both going to be happening the day before. But other than that, um, basically, we have three completely packed days and then we're going to close it up Saturday night and let people do whatever they want to do for Easter Sunday. But basically, yeah, it'll be Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Oh, wow. That sounds great. Yeah. And speaking of tours, um, we're also joined by Marissa Lamagna. She's a friend of mine uh, for a long time. And she is the founder and director of Bay Area Green Tours. Welcome, Marissa. Hi, Joy. Thank you for inviting us. And and great to hear you too, JP. We first met like probably in October when we had a conversation about doing these tours. So it's ramping up. We're getting excited. And, and just hearing what you had to say really is exciting because I haven't spent a lot of time checking everything going on and just so much happening in Berkeley. It's going to be exciting. So I'm very thrilled that it's going to be in Berkeley. So and the tour is on Wednesday or Tuesday? It's Wednesday, April 5th, okay, and, which is a week from today. And um, I just want to say that I feel real quickly that I want to express my gratitude to the Bioneers Conference for reaching out to me. It felt like a real affirmation. And I felt very akin to their life-affirming solutions for all the grave challenges we're facing and the future of our planet. So I, I've always gone to Bioneers and now having it here, I just feel I've always called the East Bay the, ep, the environmental epicenter because we've got so many solutionaries, change makers, and people doing great work here. So we're excited to be able to share that. And I think the ethic Ethnic Ties tour sounds great too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to go on one of their tours one time, and maybe we can do a little collaborating. So, yeah. So, um, not let's let's look at the word epicenter. Let's call it an epicircle. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, epicircle. Yes, we're, we're all here. So, tell us about the tour. Well, um, it's called the East Bay Urban Foodscape Tour, kind of like we have our food shed tour, actually. Yeah. So it's going to be focusing on innovative makers and some of the pioneer speakers will be speaking and people who are soil stewards. We've been doing this for 14 years. We're an educational group of people very committed to connecting people so that they can really see climate solutions and social justice initiatives. And what I really love is all the people that are featured in our tour 
really are um, focused on just and ecologically appropriate and resilient food systems. That's why it's about our food shed. And um, there's a few other people in it that are doing other really cool work we snuck in because they happen to be at the sites. So we're going to meet at the hotel in downtown Berkeley, the new Renaissance Inn, I think it's called. We're um, Resi residence in residence in yes so we're going to meet there and we're going to really try to make the day as relaxed as possible while learning so that people get to network um, I know like Joy you and I were at Eco Farm the best part about that is connecting to people hearing and learning from them and that's what we want to be able to facilitate throughout the day so it'll be a great way for people to connect before the conference begins and have a whole bunch of new friends so um We'll start off by going to Urban Tilth to their Greenway Trail, which is pretty amazing there. Um, it's just, it's an old railroad track that's been completely repurposed. Doria Robinson uh, started that, oh gosh, years ago. One of my first tours was to that. It's grown so well. Urban Tilth, I know. She's she's really blowing up. They I know. Are. She's also a city council person now. Now I know. I know. She's amazing. She she's, such, she's a real role model. And I think she's going to be a speaker, if I'm not mistaken. At uh... Yes, she, yes. She's, uh, she's going to be in a couple of panels. She's leading one, and then she's going to also be appearing in another, I believe, on the Saturday, the 8th. Great. Yes. So we'll have a lot of speakers. So if you're going to hear them speak, I say, come out and see what they're doing, because that's what's exciting. Seeing is believing. And they're doing, I can believe, the most wonderful work that could be replicated in other places. That's part of why this is such a great opportunity. So we'll start off at the Greenway. Um, we'll do a little walking around there and see what's growing. Um, I've got a lot of fruit trees that are starting to bloom. It'll be very lovely. Um, we'll meet there and then we'll be driving over to their farm, which is uh, really kind of a new project where um, we'll be having our lunch. So those that'll be the beginning of the day and we'll learn about what they're up to using native vegetation. They're basically growing food to give away. The Greenway Trail is a place where you can rent a bike, play basketball, exercise, socialize in nature. It's just really bringing life to Richmond. And there's a deep history in Richmond. So on our tour, we have some incredible tour guides, two of them, and I'll be along. They'll be So everyone will learn along the way a little history of uh, both Oakland, Berkeley, and Richmond. So that'll be fun. And basically, what's so important about this tour, in my opinion, is that right now we're going through a food crisis that a lot of people are going to stop getting food stamps and SNAP by the end of the month. And there's going to be a lot of food insecure families in California. And these are people who are helping. Grow, they're collectively growing. They're repurposing and distributing healthy food and making it accessible. So you'll see that on the tour at the North Richmond Farm and the Greenway Trail. There'll be places where they grow food and they actually put it out for people to take, or they can help grow food or learn. And students learn. They have a, at Urban Tilth, they have summer apprenticeships. Uh, they're doing a CSA. They're doing watershed restoration. So they have employment programs. So those are the kinds of things we hope people see and learn about and maybe take back to their community. So that's the first stop, and that's where we'll have lunch. 
with Chef John Ferris, who has a catering company called Indigenous Edibles, and he's not an Indigenous person, just to answer that question, but he's been using uh, produce that he has sourced locally from the Americas and teaching about that for many, many, many years and just foraging, and he's really great. So he'll be cooking a wonderful meal at, uh, that we'll have at Urban Tilth. Wow. Uh, let me say for our listening audience, that was the voice, that is the voice of Marissa Lamagna. She is uh, director of Bay Area Green Tours, and she's going to do a tour pre-conference, Bioneers, April 6th through 8th. And we're also joined by J.P. Arbeni. We're talking about Bioneers, and I'm so excited about this because when you're talking about um, food and the ecology Berkeley for me is the epicircle of that in terms of being forward thinking and um, trying to do organic food gardens yeah. in their school and uh, all of the things that we do. And, you know, at the senior centers and a lot, a lot of work is going on to get people to understand that they can control, they can uh, add to their nutrition if they can grow food too. You know what I mean? It doesn't, you don't have to have a yard. You can have pots, you know, it's. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people learned that during the pandemic. So many people started growing food as a healing for themselves, just having their hand in the dirt, but also being able to have access to healthy food. And I think that's been great. Let me just interject one thing really quickly, which is that Alice Waters and Brian Terry, the, the um, African-American um, vegan chef, are going to be doing a session together, and Brian's going to give a keynote address. So there's going to be a lot about food as well uh, at the conference. All right. Thank you. That is lovely. And I was just excited about Urban Tilth because they're working with youth. That's yep. the most important thing. We got to keep this going. So keep on going. Tell us where, what other stops you are. We got a couple more minutes. Here. Okay. Uh, we'll be going after that to O2AA, where we're going to, hopefully, Paul Disco will meet everyone. He is, uh, is this his retirement project? He's actually an ordained Zen priest. He helped design uh, Tassahara and Green Gulch, and he created this whole community called O2 Artisans Aggregate, where we'll meet uh, you'll get to see how they're repurposing food into smoothies to bring to homeless encampment. We'll meet the director of Kula Nursery that's growing heritage vegetables. Uh, you'll just learn a lot about how people are able to repurpose materials, create food, and create community. Um, it's it's pretty incredible. And then the very last stop will be to Deep Medicine Circle, where we'll also have two of the speakers from Bioneers. Um, some of you uh, probably know of them if you live in Berkeley, but one is um, longtime pioneer Benjamin Farrar, who manages Top Leaf Farms, and he built a beautiful, beautiful farm on top of the Whole Foods, which is um, in Temescal in Oakland, where they're growing food. It's called uh, Deep Medicine Circle Rooftop Medicine Farm, and they're actually distributing the food to local um uh, clinics and people. So it's giving away the food, again, making it accessible and healthy food. Um, and he will also be joined by his wife, Dr. Rupa Mar Maria. 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 Maria, <laughs> executive director of Deep Medicine Circle, who's a doctor, physician, writer, activist, professor. She's part of the Do No Harm Coalition, and together they'll be presenting the rooftop farm. And we hope that uh, people will get to really experience these 
amazing um, visionaries and get to meet them and ask them questions. And we're hoping that during that course of that, I think we won't be rushing people away if they want to stay on the rooftop and speak with them or visit or even hang out in Tamaskal and then go back to Berkeley. We're really trying to facilitate connection throughout the day. Oh my goodness, that sounds so wonderful. And it sounds so full circle too. I love it. Mm-hmm. I want to thank you both. I'm excited about Bioneers. Everybody try to get there if they can. Support if you can. Um, it's going to be April 6th through 8th, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The pre-conference is on Wednesday, the tours, right? That's right. That's All right. right, good. All right, give us some contact info, both of you, for um, our audience who may want to get in touch. Let's start with you, JP. Well, for Bioneers, just go to the website, www.bioneers.org, and you can see everything about the conference, and there's information about the tours as well, and pretty much everything. You just have to do a little bit of, you know, scanning um, the, scanning the website, but um, that's pretty much it, yeah. Perfect. And Marissa? You could do the same. Go to bayareagreentours.org. We're a nonprofit, and it'll be right on the front page. It'll take you right to sign up and hurry because the tickets are getting down to the end of the tickets. So I hope you get get in and join us. All right. Don't miss it, folks. Bioneers is where it's at. Thank you so much, both of you. I want to really, really, really congratulate you on your work, both of you, and, and tell you how important what you're doing is to me personally the family my family and the community that I live in Berkeley especially I think we are always been on the spearhead of trying to provide a healthy safe environment for our citizens and y'all are part of that thank you thank you Joy thank you Joy yeah thanks for this opportunity and I'll see you I'll see you next week (laughs) you serve and protect the pipeline Bottom line, you serve and protect the coal mine. Serving up grenades and granny standing on the front line. Serve and protect the ranker. You serve and protect that oil tanker. Serve and protect the banker. Serving up the people with eviction papers. You better realize who we are.
All right, this is Joy Moore, and you're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM or online at kpfa.org. And we just heard Frontline by Rupa and the April Fishes. By the way, Rupa, the band leader, is also a physician and farmer, and she will be presenting at the Bioneers Conference April 5th through 8th right here in Berkeley. And up next is Free Will and Franklin. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to Full Circle right here on 94.1 FM KPFA and kpfa.org. We are part of the Pacifica Radio Network, and thank you, Joy, JP, and Marissa, for that opening of the show with that great information about the Bioneers. And remember, the Bioneers is a three-day event, four if you count the Wednesday tours it's all happening April 6th, 7th, and 8th in downtown Berkeley. So head over to the Bioneers.org website and scroll through all the opportunities that are listed there so you have an idea of what you might want to check out when the day comes and you're prepared. And coming up next, we're going to check out a special forum at Bioneers this year, and that is the Indigeneity. And I'm going to read a little bit from their website, uh, the website, and it says, Founded in 2008, the native-led indigenous forum at Bioneers is designed as a sovereign space for indigenous people to bring their vision and message to native and non-native allies and to connect. Each year, the indigenous forum works to amplify indigenous voices, build networks and movements, and enhance cross-cultural dialogue, learning, cultural sensitivity, and informed action. Indigeneity brings together indigenous activists, scientists, elders, youth, culture bearers, and scholars to share their knowledge and frontline solutions in dialogue with a, with a dynamic multicultural audience. And joining us now to speak about the indigeneity at Bioneers 2023 is Cara Romero, uh, excuse me, is Cara Romero. She is the program director of the indigeneity program at Bioneers 2023. She also served uh, her people as the first executive director at the Chimawavy Cultural Center and served as a member of the tribal council and the chair of the Chimawavy Education Board and Head Start Policy Council. Welcome to Full Circle. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me, Frank. I'm doing pretty great. Good. I'm really glad to have you. Thanks for taking the time to uh, join us tonight on Full Circle. And Kara, there's going to be many things to do with Native people, Indigenous people at Bioneers this year. But before we get into what's happening at Bioneers and what people will be able to see at the Indigeneity uh, sessions and talks, Talk a little bit about yourself. Tell us about um, your people, the Chimawavy people, and what drove you to do work like this um, to share information with people. Thank you for that question. So I was born in the Los Angeles area in the 70s to interracial parents. My dad's Chimawavy and my mom is a German-Irish uh, from the Beach Bunny clan of California. In 1979, our whole family, uh, grandparents, aunts and uncles, uh, my brother and myself, relocated from the Los Angeles area to the Chimuevi Valley Indian Reservation. That's all the way on the furthest edge of San Bernardino County in the heart of the Mojave Desert on the California side of the Colorado River, uh, present day known as Lake Havasu. 
So really super rural reservation. It was a beautiful upbringing. The land is undeveloped, pristine. The Mojave Desert is the second most biodiverse landscape in the world behind the rainforest. So um, the land of cactus and Joshua trees, the cradle of life, the Colorado River running through our backyards, um, we fished, we swam, we rode in the back of pickup trucks. Uh, we're known for basket weaving, um, but underneath Lake Havasu is our riparian wetlands where all of our basket weaving materials came from, all of our agriculture, our um, you know game were down there underneath the lake. And so there was a long period of sadness where our tribe um, was essentially flooded out of the valley and had to move away. Um, we ended up in cities like Las Vegas, Phoenix, um, and the Los Angeles area, Riverside, uh, only to reorganize in the 60s and come back and live up there on the Mesa. We still participate in uh, as many of our traditional cultural practices as we can. We have language revitalization. We do basket weaving each year, lots of cultural programming for the kids. Um, and in a nutshell, it's a pretty typical reservation here in the United States. Wow, it sounds beautiful um, the way you describe it. And um, uh, also terrible at the same time as many people, indigenous people experience um, due to some sort of development, yeah, things like that happen where people are flooded out of their their own communities. So so sorry to hear that part. But what about what drove you to um, bring information such as you're going to share at the Indigeneity Forum? Uh, what drove you to do this kind of work to be? Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Someone that shares information so widely. This is going to be like <laughs> on the grand level. I'm a knowledge mobilizer. <laughs> Um, All right. So it, it's a great question. Uh, my parents split in the 80s, and I had a realization, a lived experience at a very young age that people off the reservation in, um, you know, metropolitan settings really didn't have uh, any understanding or grasp of what contemporary Native American life was like on the reservations. They had... Um, maybe just a sliver of knowledge um, of what they had learned in their textbooks, which was, you know, what usually a couple of pages um, in, you know, one or two U.S. history classes. And my lived experience was so rich um, and so beautiful growing up. We had so many stories and um, so much history that was part of American history that just wasn't being shared. Um, it is a part of ongoing genocide to erase and make invisible those people um, who were conquered. And so I knew all my life that I wanted to teach cross-culturally about all of the amazing things that I knew to be true about my community and in our tribal communities about activist work, about um, you know, traditional knowledge that was continuing to be passed down, about environmental impacts to our communities due to development, um, to revitalization projects that were going on. And the way that looked for me was Native studies in college and art. 
Um, I'm an artist and I have worked in nonprofit um, for probably about 20 years at both. And I'm just really passionate about it. It's my place in the world to be a communicator, both visually and uh, sharing stories. All right. Well, thank you. And before we get more into what's going to happen at the Indigeneity Forum, that Indigenous people are on the forefront of these environmental battles, um, the frontline battles, not only here in the United States, but around the world. And during Bioneers, you share information and knowledge with people that may not otherwise be aware of that information or knowledge. Uh, talk about the importance of Indigenous knowledge. And when I say that, I mean the original caretakers of the land of any given area. Um, why is it so important not just to listen to them and absorb and take seriously their knowledge, but also to let them lead and implement that knowledge to make a more habitable, sustainable world for us? It's something that we're born into as Native people. Oftentimes, these ideas of ontological ties to our landscapes, of um, indigenizing to place uh, of our DNA emerging from the landscape and this deep reciprocity to um, Mother Earth, you know, at large, but really um, into our own bioregions and our ecosystems. Everything is meticulously intertwined in that, you know, the health of our community depends on the ability to gather healthy basket materials, right? It means that the water is healthy and that the seasons are changing and that there's this ability to transmit culture between generations. So just one act of gathering a rod for a basket can really encompass so many things about indigenous science, about the health of our ecosystem, about environmentalism. And this type of indigenous science is empirical science. It is the science of the land that has been developed through observation and living in reciprocity with our landscapes for thousands of years. And for me, it's the most sophisticated science. It's really holds a sacred role in the health of all people and planet. And so we cannot continue to uh, develop um, technology and ways of land management without the leadership of Native people. There have been too many times over the last 500 years where Native people have really been trying to communicate to settler colonial peoples that this is not how we tend to the wild, that this is not how we care for our landscapes, that you know, in so many instances, we'll say you just can't do that, but it's done. And we're seeing the devastating effects of not living in reciprocity with the landscapes and not um, heeding to the leadership of Native peoples when it comes to um, not just taking, but also being a part of our landscapes. Yeah, definitely. I feel like We've been raving, uh, waving the red flags this whole time. Um, well, thank you for that great information. Well, under this banner of sharing knowledge and the importance of sharing knowledge, tell us about the Indigeni uh, Indigeneity Forum at the 2023 Bioneers. Run down some of the highlights. Actually, you yourself will be speaking at a Land Back Forum and the Undam the Klamath about removing the dams on the Klamath River. 
That's right. So the Indigenous Forum was really um, started in 2007 as a caucus within the larger Bioneers Annual Conference as a sovereign space to begin discussing um, environmental and social justice issues that were pressing to our Native communities within the larger whole. And we never stopped since 2007. We've been gathering at the Indigenous Forum, which is still a sovereign space within uh, the Bioneers Annual Conference, to really elevate the voice and bring critical dialogue of Native people to these larger global conversations that we're all having. And in that way, I just honor Bioneers so much for always uh, keeping Native voice central um, to their holistic approach of women's leadership and food and farming and indigeneity. It all works together, right, to make um, the planet and the world a better place. The Indigenous Forum is going to take place in the David Brower. Um, the conference starts in the Zellerbach Theater each morning with um, really important plenary speeches. They go from nine to one in the afternoon and we break for lunch. And then after lunch, you can really choose from an immense amount of programming on many different tracks, uh, what you're interested in and what you want to go listen to. And a lot of people come over to the Indigenous Forum where the go-to source for really hard to come by information, there's always a gathering of some really historic people, their celebrities, their scholars, their subject matter experts, their grassroots organizers from reservations all over the United States and sometimes globally. Um, we make an effort to keep our programming local at our core. Our core focus is to always remember whose lands we're on and whose backyard we're in. So we really like to highlight um, local indigenous solutions that are happening, best practices and struggles and bring awareness to those. Um, we have panels on land back, sometimes referred to as hashtag land back, and people can go kind of dive into that. But that's really a movement where people are have several different approaches to returning both the land and the land management back to indigenous peoples, tribes, and organizations for uh, tending to the land in old ways and giving sacred space to indigenous peoples to be able to gather again, to have ceremony, to um, remember their ancestors and really invigorate practices on those land spaces that were often stolen or taken against will. Um, we're going to talk about undamming the Klamath. I think that's taking place on Friday this year at three o'clock. Um, this is one of the biggest uh, river restoration projects that we're watching. So many indigenous peoples in the United States really fell victim and their lands fell victim to the damming of the rivers in the name of hydroelectric energy. And we lost keystone species like salmon. We lost riparian wetlands to the dams. And so we're just celebrating with our brothers and sisters from the tribes along the Klamath, the Karuk, the Yurok, and they're going to come share their success. This has been, you know, 30 years of work 
um, by the tribes and the dams are coming down and they have another 15 years of river restoration. So we're going to hear from some of the people that were integral to that work happening. And then we're going to hear from some of the youth that get to live this experience of seeing their river come back to life. And that for me is just a super exciting story. We're going to have um, people of the Pacific talking about the health of the Pacific Ocean from indigenous worldview from, on our indigenous science for healing land to sea. That's on Thursday. Um, oh, I get so excited about everything. What else are we going to have? We're going to have a conversation about unpacking tribal identity, um, which is really going to be a lightning round of youth and I can't call myself an elder yet. I'm in the great in-between, but we're all going to be talking about <laughs> what our what our tribal identities are and all of the, the complicated diversity that we share as Native American people because um, we want to tell a thousand stories about tribal identity so people can kind of, uh, oh, get rid of their preconceived notions that we're all a monolithic people or that we're not diverse, that we want to counter that one story narrative in that panel. Definitely. Well, let's move on a little bit because we only have about five minutes or so left. There's also going to be some great films at the uh, Indigeneity Forum. And we got a couple of clips real quick and we'll play one of them. Then I'll let you talk about it. This is a film that you are part of following the light. And uh, let's play the clip and we'll be right back and you can tell us more about it. I am infatuated with indigenous science and traditional ecological knowledge. Traditional ecological knowledge are the old sciences that exist from different bioregions that are so sophisticated and so undervalued in modern society. And Golga's work has really sophisticated traditional ecological knowledge techniques, and I really wanted to highlight those to just really elevate the visibility and the status of you know something that i think in society is undervalued the ways that they're engaging in cultural revitalization in the north around preparing hides something that's been around for thousands of years and they're learning it again you know they're making sure that it doesn't go by the wayside and those sciences are far more spiritual than just you know western science these ideas of how everything's connected those old old techniques speak to the health of the environment the health of the culture and beauty all right if you didn't recognize that voice that was the voice of my guest Kara Romero will tell us about that film following the light it's going to be part of the Indigeneity Film Festival that's taking place on the last day of the conference, starting at 640 over in the David Brower Center. Um, this is a documentary film that was made about my photographic art practice. And uh, you'll see that my artistic practice is really informed by all of the uh, amazing stories that I get to hear and the people that I get to meet through the Bioneers Indigeneity Program, um, and also in the intertribal community that I live in in Santa Fe. Uh, I'm a photographer by training, and so I do both. And this is a story about my fine art practice and art as activism. All right, and then we have another clip here, Long Line of Ladies. Let's check out this clip, and then we'll be right back. 
Ty sent the snap to our whole group chat and was like, guess who started her period? <laughs> I was like, wait, this means that I'm gonna have my flower dance this year. Okay. <laughs> my fingers. <laughs> so, you're blinded for what, four days. And uh, then we remove your top. It's gonna be right in the center. And you're reborn as a woman. when they ask us, well, what was your flower dance like? And then you're like, well, I didn't have one. And then it's like, well, why? So just like everything we do, right? We put good thoughts into that food. <laughs> <laughs> so dance floor is your world. Don't be afraid of anything that, that comes out there. We all got you. So now you're coming in as a girl, and you're going to come out a woman. <laughs> now that's what we do. We've perfected that process. <laughs> All right, Cindy, well, I love you. You're going to do great, okay? Okay. Love you. See you in the morning. See you. All right, that's the trailer from Long Line of Ladies. Um, tell us about that film, because it sounds like it's the... Um, the transference from um, youth to adult. It is long line of ladies. It tells the story about the return of the women's coming of age ceremonies for the Yurok people of Northern California. And we're going to have a Q and a with Pim Allen from up there where it's such a beautiful revitalization story of being able to bring back the celebration of menstruation and adulthood and womanhood and the power of womanhood and the medicine that women hold um, in Native worldview. And so it's a real stark contrast to what um, we're receiving in mainstream education and puberty classes. This uh, really takes it to a whole nother level. And I really recommend um, women come see this, young men come see this and get a fresh new take on what it is to become a woman. Right on. I um, I feel like we're really missing out on a lot of these traditions and something that in the American culture, we don't really have um, a way to signify that you're moving into adulthood and now you need to take on some different responsibilities. So um, I appreciate this film already. Um, looking forward to it. Well, we only have a few minutes left. And I want to give you a chance to talk about music, art, and culture because as a director of a cultural center at one time, tell us about the importance of art and culture, not only as it relates to understanding Native or Indigenous people, but also in the movement to protect the planet. So I am no longer the director of the Cultural Center at Chimuibi. Uh, I moved back to Santa Fe in 2010 to raise my children and live amongst my husband's people, the Pueblo people of northern New Mexico. Uh, Santa Fe is home to a lot of Native artists. We come here to go to the Institute of American Indian Arts and end up staying uh, here in this community. But the importance of art to indigenous communities goes back to the beginning, really. We're often taught to make all things beautiful, to surround ourselves with beauty. So before tourist trade and um, before settler colonials, uh, we were making regalia and we were harvesting from our ecosystem in a really 
good way to make jewelry for our ceremonies. We adopted new techniques and mediums as the years went on, uh, beadwork, leather work, um, tanning of hides, food is part of our art, you know, moccasin making. And when you touch these old items, you're really, your hands are in conversation with the ancestors, right? You're really participating in practices that have been going on a very long time. Um, you're often working in community and there is a magic when it comes to making traditional arts and having these traditional experiences in community. It's hard not to talk about it without uh, understanding that there's um, healing and that these artistic practices are medicine, you know, for people that have survived uh, unspeakable. And so our art really fascinates me because it's something that we were, despite so many things, allowed to practice. And so we hold on to our music and to our art practices and uh, these traditions have been around for a very long time, and they really, again, are connected to the health of our ecosystem and our environment and our communities. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you very much. That's the voice of my special guest, uh, Kara Romero. She's the program director of the Indigeneity program at the 2023 Bioneers. You can check out everything that's happening at the Bioneers right here in downtown Berkeley at Bioneers.org. There's a lot there, so scroll through and find out what you want to do. This is all happening April 6th, 7th, and 8th. Kara, I got about uh, 10 seconds here for any last words about the Bioneers, why it's so important to you. We're so excited to be in Berkeley this year and create accessibility for a whole new audience to our incredible programming. Just hoping that you'll join us and open your hearts and minds to the revolution from the heart of nature that is Bioneers. Definitely, and absorb some of that indigeneity. All right, again, thank you, Kara Romero, <laughs> director of the Indigeneity Program at the 2023 Bioneers uh, right here in downtown Berkeley. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See you there. And that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Remember to check out our website, kpfaapprentice.org, just after the show tonight for pictures, archive shows, and important links and information related to tonight's show. We'll have the Bioneers link on there. Also, please check out First Voice Media on Facebook for videos and other media that doesn't make it to the air. Shout out to the Full Circle crew, Miss M, the Executive Director, and me, Freewell and Franklin. I have been your host tonight, and I'm also the Technical Director for this show, Full Circle. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, while you're out there, maybe at Bioneers, please protect your health and also your humanity. And stay tuned to KPFA. Up next is Londa Bajita. And I got a little over a minute left on the clock, so I'll go out with this drum that I recorded at the 50th anniversary of Wounded Knee opening night. And this was an honoring of Keeley Radio, 40 years of radio over there in South Dakota, Keeley Radio. Good night, everyone. Yeah.